You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What's going on, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Vogel. If you haven't already, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. The Saints finish out the regular season with a 33-7 victory over the Carolina Panthers, a really convincing win for this team. And a lot to like. The defense with five interceptions, really impressive for me. Drew Brees, I thought, looked sharp in what seems to be his final regular season game. 22 of 32 for 201 yards, three touchdowns, and no picks. I thought he looked really good. You saw Callaway, Sanders, Cook really step up. And Ty Montgomery, 105 rushing yards with the backfield out because of COVID. That, for me, was probably the most impressive thing. The fact that the Saints were able to run the football with success uh, speaks volumes to the coaching staff. And what Sean Payton's been able to do this season, just really impressive feat. Uh, now, before I get into our special guest, because ESPN Stan Verrett's going to be on the show to talk about the Saints, the big win, what he thinks about the playoff game against the Chicago Bears, I briefly want to touch two subjects. It's one, want to touch the whole Drew Brees story real quick, and two, talk about the Saints-Bears, when that's going to happen, because we just found out a minute ago uh, when that's going down. So, for starters, for the Drew Brees story, it's not a surprise to me. We kind of knew this was going to be his final season. It's not confirmed. It's a league-wide expectation, and I kind of feel like it's legit. I, I would be shocked if he plays next year. It breaks my heart, obviously, because Drew Brees is the guy that made a lot of us fall in love with the game of football, at least you know, for me. Um, that's who it was. Just watching Drew Brees on Sunday would make my whole week, especially when the Saints would win. And Drew was the type of player that even in your worst seasons, when you're going 7-9 and nine and you really don't think there's a lot of hope, there's enjoyment out of watching him throw for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns and light up opposing defenses. And at the same time, was it deflating to watch a lot of the teams kind of, uh, you know, hold him back from getting to where he wanted to go? Yes, but the Saints have a chance to do something great here. They have a chance to write a storyline where maybe Drew Brees can get that Peyton Manning moment where he walks off the field with the second Lombardi trophy. And in order to do that, they got to get through the Bears in the first week and then figure it out as they go. Um, but it, the Saints have the talent is what I'm trying to get to. The Saints have the talent. There's no reason why this team cannot make a Super Bowl. Now, that doesn't mean it's a guarantee. It doesn't mean it's a give me. It doesn't mean it's easy because it's not. This is the hardest professional sports league to win in. But the Saints have the talent. And all you can do for right now is, one, thank Drew Brees for all the memories, but two, hope that we have at least four more games with Drew left because that's the ultimate. You want wild card, divisional, championship weekend, and then you want the Super Bowl. So if we get four more games with Drew Brees, that means there's a good chance Drew Brees walks out with the Lombardi Trophy to end his career. And it, that would be the perfect send-off for a guy who completely resurrected the franchise, and he's just one of the best uh, to ever play the game of football. So uh, I'm always going to be a Drew Brees guy. He's going to be my favorite athlete um, forever, and it's just been a, you know, a privilege to watch him. Even in his final regular season game, he looks as sharp as ever as he approaches age 42. Now, the Saints are going to play the Bears. I talk about that with Stan Verrett in the interview, and I'll put that up in just a moment. But it's going to be on Sunday, um, 4.40 p.m. Eastern, 3.40 p.m. Central. I'm not really a big fan of that time. I actually think that time slot sucks. But there's one good thing. It's on a Sunday. And the reason that's a good thing is because that means the Saints, if they feel comfortable with Kamara and he's not experiencing symptoms, he can play on Sunday. Because with the window and the way it works, you get that 10 days if you're asymptomatic to end up playing. And Kamara's test was on Thursday, which means the 10 days would expire and he'd be ready to go for Sunday. The catch would be that Alvin cannot practice with the team and the Saints would have to feel comfortable that with no practice, Kamara can still make an impact against the Bears. But 
I mean, who are we kidding? I think if Kamara can play, the Saints are going to use Kamara. Now, maybe the game plan isn't as Kamara-heavy as it would be on a normal week, but if you get the ball in Kamara's hands at least 10, 12 times, you're going to be fine. And Kamara knows the offense so well, you would like to think that he won't disappoint them. Plus, let's be honest here, you know, there's no reason why Kamara can't make up for it. He made a mistake. Now, can he make up for it? and get this team in a position to win, I think he can. So it's good news that the Saints are going to play on Sunday because they do have a chance to get 41 back in the lineup. Now, without further ado, let's get into that interview with Stan Verrett. All right, now joining me inside the Straight Up Saints podcast is the one, the only Stan Verrett from ESPN Sports Center. You've seen him all the time on there. One of the best in the business. Stan, let's talk about the Saints' dominant victory over the Carolina Panthers. They won 33-7. to For you, what stood out the most in that ballgame? I think uh, the defensive backs, uh, all those interceptions. I mean, that was uh, that, that was a really good thing to see going into the playoffs because I think um, that taste for the football from the defensive backs. I mean, that can carry over into the postseason. Guys get, um, you know, just that that uh, that knack for turnovers, and um, I think that could be contagious. They can come in bunches, and that could be a really good harbinger for the postseason. Takeaways change games, especially in the playoffs. Absolutely. And it was impressive. They had five interceptions. Um, and I was going to ask you, actually, if you thought that was something that can carry over. Um, but clearly you do, and I do agree. That's something in terms of momentum, confidence level. It should help out the secondary. And they were missing key pieces like Patrick Robinson, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, so they should get better in that department. I want to ask you about Drew Brees. There were a couple of questions from the national media about, you know, is he just not right? Is it the ribs? Because the last two games, um, albeit I thought he was okay in the Vikings game, he did have a couple of turnovers, and people were concerned. I thought Breeze looked crisp. I thought he looked really good in the regular season finale. What did you see from Drew? Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was really good in a in a game where, you know, you knew that uh, he was going to have to deliver on some throws. Uh, he did. You know, um, and you know, commanded the offense really, really well. I mean, I, I like where he is. I mean, I was, I was worried as well. Um, I was worried that he wasn't going to be right for the rest of the season, but he, uh, he, he looked good. I mean, he um, developed some chemistry with Sanders, um, which I think, you know, it's kind of been spotty uh, during the season. Um, Jared Cook continues to be a, a go-to guy in the red zone. Um, and so, you know, I thought I thought he did a good job. I mean, he, he's helping to bring along Mark West Callaway. So, all in all, I mean, I, I thought it was a solid performance. I mean, it was it was it was what they needed um, with without Camara, without Michael Thomas. I mean, he had to spread the ball around, get everybody um, in a position where they could be successful, and he did that. So the, the one negative takeaway that Saints fans are talking about right now was the fact that Taysom Hill had to leave the game. There's speculation that he's in concussion protocol. We'll obviously find out um, in the coming days. If he's unable to play in the wild card game, and obviously this is just merely speculation right now, we don't know how this will play out. How do you think that would affect the offense moving forward? Because, I, you know, today and even the games before, I thought Taysom has been really good over the last couple of weeks in that playmaker slash gadget role that they give him. Yeah, he's he's so unpredictable in terms of the things that he can do. Um, they can they can line him up in so many different places, and, and he can affect the game in so many different ways. Especially like some of those, you know, third and twos, third and threes that where you have to have, and they go into that that uh, direct snap to him, and, and and he's able to just run a power run play. Uh, nobody seems to be able to stop it. Um, so 
you know, that's, you know, and, and those are critical plays. And you get third and one, third and twos, and you convert those and, and keep it moving, give Brees another chance to, to work it on first and second down. I mean, that's, that, that really helps out a lot. So he's a, he's a big part of what they do. I mean, you can, you can throw screens to him. You can, you can throw the ball to him downfield. I mean, he, he does a lot of different things. Um, so, look, I think he's a, he's a key piece. But, you know, I will say this about, about Sean Payton, and I've, I've argued that he deserves really strong consideration for Coach of the Year because if you look at the different game plans that he's had to put together and that he's put together from week to week, um, it, it's, it's been phenomenal. And, and for him to be able to put together a 12-4 and four season with Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Drew Brees playing a total of 10 quarters together, it, it, it's phenomenal. If somebody told you that in the beginning of the season, you'd tell them they were crazy. Um, but, but, but I always say if you just give him the list of ingredients, he can put it together and make a meal out of it, and it's going to taste pretty good. And you look at what he did uh, week 17, he, he knows, okay, I got Ty Montgomery in the backfield. I got Taze making through a little bit of everything. Um, I got a veteran, veteran receiver in Emmanuel Sanders, who, who Brees can lean on. Um, I got uh, a, a, a big tight end target in Jared Cook. Okay, I'll just work with that, and, I, and I'll make that work. Sprinkle in a little bit of, of, uh, of, of uh, Jones, the, the rookie running back. Um, sprinkle in a little Marquez Callaway, and, 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 he, and he makes it work. Now, you know, I'm not saying that these pieces are all interchangeable because obviously there are some guys who are more talented than other guys. But – I mean, Sean Payton has done a remarkable job of, of putting guys in a position where he asked them to do things that they can do and then putting all those pieces together to, to make an offense that's still hard to defend. Yeah, absolutely. And Stan, the, the statistic you brought up about the 10 quarters of those three on the same field at the same time together, uh, Saints Twitter was actually talking about that a couple of days ago, and we were joking around saying, if you told us that before the season, we're probably like, oh man, it's one of those seven and nine years. But Sean Payton has been so good, um, and I agree with you, he should be in the Coach of the Year conversation. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like he is, at least not enough, uh, but Sean's been fantastic. So, I want to move forward to the wild card matchup. This was one of those games where, look, obviously the playoffs are unpredictable and you never know, and it's one game elimination. But when I was looking at Bears, Cardinals, Rams, I kind of thought that the Bears were the team that I'd want to play out of the three, at least. You know, the Rams are so good defensively. The Cardinals, there's that unpredictability with Kyler Murray that you don't know what's going to happen with him. And DeAndre Hopkins is obviously a force to stop on offense. So your initial thoughts on this Bears-Saints game, they did play early in the year, but Nick Foles was the starter at that time. Saints also didn't have Michael Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders. So what's your thoughts going into this matchup? Uh, first object of business is making sure Khalil Mack doesn't get in a position where he can change the game. Um, so from, a, from an offensive perspective, you, got, you have to account for him. Um, and then, uh, you know, on, on offense, I think, you know, look, if, if, if Thomas and Kamara are back, I think the Saints have more talent on the field. I love the way the defense has been playing um, down the stretch. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think they have the more talented team. Um, they're going to be at home. Um, you know, I think if they play the way they played this season, you know, they, they, they should win this game. Um, you know, I, I don't, the Bears on offense, who really scares you for the Bears? Who, who's the guy who's a game changer on their offense? I, I mean, I, I don't see it. Now, you know, any guy, you know, Alan, and Allen Robinson can get hot, you know, Montgomery's a, a decent back, but, 
but I just don't see a guy who who threatens a defense, who keeps a defense coordinator up all, all night saying, hey, what are we going to do about this guy? So now that being said, again, you know, it's the playoffs and strange, strange things have happened. And, you know, the Saints have to have to put the, 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 the playoff problems of the past behind them, I think, and come out, just establish um, establish control of the game early and then keep control of the game so that, you know, there's, 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 there's not a lot of tense moments where you, where you let a team hang around that's not supposed to hang around. Um, so I, I, I think if they play up to their capabilities, you know, I think they win this game decisively. I agree there too. I think the Saints are one of those teams, um, and a lot of people have had this, uh, you know, conversation when they're playing their style of football and they're focused. You can make an argument they're the best team in the NFC when they're not. Obviously, we could see there's days where they can lose, like last season, losing to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings in the playoffs. Uh, for for you, when you make this, you know, I'm not gonna say prediction, but when you look at this Bears Saints game. Is a lot of it depending on Alvin Kamara's status for you, or are you in the, the position where, hey, look, if Murray's back there, they'll be fine, and, and you trust the Saints, even if they don't have number 41 there? I do. I, I, I trust him. And, and, again, it goes back to Sean Payton. I mean, I think he can, he can come up with a game plan that's effective. Um, and I, I think the, 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 the two players on the Bears who, who, who troubled me are Khalil Mack, and Eddie Jackson. Um, those are the guys who, who can change the game for them, I believe. J- Jackson's just a ball hawk back there. And um, when, when, when he's making plays back there, and Khalil Mack is, is rushing the pass from being disruptive, I mean, they're, 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 they're good. They're really good. But, but again, on, on offense, I just, I just if, if the Saints can score, and, and that involves keeping him from putting too much pressure on and, and making sure you don't get – uh, careless with the ball uh, in the secondary, and, and and they score points, then then I just I don't believe Chicago's offense can keep up, especially the way the defense has been playing lately. So look, Kamara is definitely a game changer, and if he's there, I think the job is is easier. Um, but if he's not, uh, I, I I don't think it, it's a situation where they should be in jeopardy of losing the game. And I say all that not not to, to, for them to take the Bears lightly because I don't think they will, um, but I just think the, the record shows and and the, the season shows that they're the better team. And if they go out and just play like the better team, then they're going to win. So even if Kamara is not there, it kind of, you know, at this point with Drew Brees' comments in the postgame, all signs point to Michael Thomas being back. Um is it crazy yeah. for me to think that Michael Thomas with three weeks off comes back and I don't know, I could see him having, if, if things go right for the saints, I could see him having a Larry Fitzgerald desk, 2008 type postseason thing. I think he's that good of a receiver. I think people are forgetting about him this year because he's missed so much time. Am I crazy for thinking that Michael Thomas can put that type of performance together in the playoffs if things are well and his ankles close to hundred percent. If his, if his ankle's good, He's good because I think he's um, he's eager to to have an effect on this season. You know, when you're when you're a guy as competitive as he is, a guy in a situation where you just got this monster contract, okay, and 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 your team is having a lot of success without you. I think he's he's happy for the team's success, I'm sure, but I think he wants to be a big part of that. He wants to contribute to that. 
And what better time to contribute to that than when it matters most? And so I, I think he's going to be really, really hyped up. But again, it, it, like you said, it goes back to the ankle. If the ankle's good to go, then I think he's going to be good to go. And, you know, I think the Saints will want to feed him. So for, for you know, now that this game's over and, and the Panthers game is done, the Saints complete a sweep of the NFC South. And a lot of people are worried about the playoffs, and rightfully so, because the Saints have been so good. And, and when you're so good for or a couple of years in a row, the standards are basically Super Bowl or bust. And that's obviously what it is for the Saints right now. But, you know, what do you think it means to the team? It means to Sean Payton to sweep the NFC South? Because for me, I think that's a big-time accomplishment, regardless of your division. When you go 6-0, and that means a lot. I mean, it, it, it absolutely is. I mean, and, and you think about how, you know, a, a bunch of these games weren't even close. I mean, they won decisively in, in pretty much all of these games, um, including, you know, the, just the total dismantling of, of the Bucks, the second-best team in the division, on the road at their place. I mean, it wasn't just a division sweep. It was a decisive division sweep. There weren't any, weren't any you know, hey, Coming down to a last-second field goal to win the game. I mean, it was it was it was decisive, and so that that's got to be a big big confidence booster uh, going into the postseason. I mean, I the only thing I worry about is is just a, a, a flat performance. You know, when, I mean, I think all of us who've been watching this team for a long time, I think we sort of know early in games um, when they're when they're ready to go. Like, I watched that first drive today, and I said, okay, this is going to be one of those dominant road wins. You know, they, they kind of seem to they kind of seem to pull together on the road no matter what the personnel looks like. They seem to pull together on the road, go out and establish themselves early, and then just never look back. And I can think of a bunch of games over the last two years where, the, where that's happened. So they got to do the same thing at home. I mean, you think back to the Minnesota game, Last year, I mean, they were they were sort of flat the whole game. I mean, a lot of that had to do with the way Minnesota attacked them defensively, especially. But it was just it was just sort of a flat performance. So they can't afford that. I think they know that better than anybody. And I think the guys who have been on this team who've had the heartbreak in in the last few playoffs. I think that's going to be um, a big motivating factor for all of them. Uh, to, 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 get, to get it done this year. Absolutely. I agree on that. And I also wonder with the report coming out from Adam Schefter today that everyone, you know, thinks this is Drew Brees' last season. And I kind of feel we, we thought that going into this year. I mean, he's about to be 42 years old. He has the NBC gig lined up. And, you know, when you end up having 11 fractured ribs and a collapsed lung, I would assume that Drew at some point has to sit there and go like, you know, the, the, the hits are starting to add up. So um, do you think that the Drew Brees storyline, that this could be his last year and that, who knows, next weekend could be his last game ever, do you think that adds into the sense of urgency or do you think that the Saints just kind of put that to the side and that maybe might be in Drew's mind but not everyone else's? Well, you know, I think, as, as any coach should be, I think Sean Payton is, is concerned first about team success. Okay? And then if individual guys meet their goals within the concept of team success, then that just adds to it all. Now, you know, this is the most important player in the history of the franchise. So, of course, there's going to be, you know, I think a little bit of added motivation for everybody to, to 
to make that a part of the story. But I think all of the core players who have been on this team the last few years, who have suffered those, those, those tough endings to their season, um, I think all of them want to, want to put that behind them with a, with a great performance. But, uh, but I think for Drew personally, yeah, I think if you look at the list of quarterbacks who won one Super Bowl, there's all sorts of guys on that list. You know, from guys who were, who were the reasons why they won those Super Bowls to guys who were just the quarterback on a team that won the Super Bowl and they might have been able to interchange different quarterbacks there and that team would still win the Super Bowl. Okay. But when you start getting into guys who've won two Super Bowls, then it starts to get a little more into the rarefied air. You know, and and the fact that Breeze only has one, um, I, I think he, he's too good a quarterback to only have one. He's had too good a career to only have one. And I, I sort of feel like after all the, the bad breaks and all the, the, the misfortune in the playoffs for the last two years, that at some point, you know, just, just the numbers say this got to work out. It's got to work out for him. It's got to work out for him. It's got to work out for the Saints because, like, there's, there's been, a, you know, a, 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 a fluke. I mean, not a fluke touchdown because, you know, Mark Williams misplayed play, but a, a terrible call, terrible non-call in the Rams game, and then the flat performance against the Vikings. I mean, they, they, they've lost in heartbreaking ways, in different ways. And so you just have to think they they got a break coming, you know, at, at at some point. And I think it would be it would be just a marvelous cap to his career to go out on top if if indeed he's going to retire, um, or if he's not, you know, to to, to to go out on top and to put all that other stuff behind him. Yeah, I've been trying to. Uh, you know, preach patience for Saints fans on the podcast so many times. And I, I try to tell them the only way you could kind of snap this, you know, funk that they're in in the postseason is just by getting there so many times. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, we all praise the Patriots for their dynasty and rightfully so. When you make the playoffs for two straight decades, you are bound to win a few. I mean, it's just when you get yeah. there so many times, eventually the ball is going to bounce your way and hopefully that's the case for the Saints. Uh, now, I, I want to bother you real quick about the Atlanta Falcons because I got to say you are one of the best in the business at trolling them. What has been your favorite moment from this Falcon season? Uh, I think the, the the winless start was, was kind of funny, and I have to say, like, like you know, it, it it's good natured fun. Like my best friend is well, one of my best. Friends. I got a bunch of best friends, but one of my best friends is is from Atlanta, and you know, we pledged our fraternity together in college, and for years we would go to both games. We would go to the game in Atlanta, and we go to the game in New Orleans. And we would sit there just talking trash, having a blast at, at, at both games. You know, no matter, no, no matter who won. It was, it was always fun. More fun for me when the Saints won, more fun for him when the Falcons won. So, so this is, you know, that part of it is good nature. But, you know, I, I don't know if you're old enough to, to have been around for Big Ben. Um, you know, the luckiest play in NFL history was the Falcons scored a touchdown late in the game. I, I believe it was uh, 78 or 79. Sometimes I have a hard time remembering. I think it was 78. Um, but they, they threw it they threw a Hail Mary and it hit a guy in the back of the helmet and another guy called Alfred Jackson, Alfred Jenkins and I think Alfred Jackson for the touchdown, they beat the Saints. And the Saints had a chance to to make the playoffs for the first time that year. And um that, that game really kinda 
took them under, and they lost 20 to 17, and they lost the other game in Atlanta 20 to 17. And it's just, you know, those were old time Saints fans. I mean, we remember that game, and it was, it was, that was just a, just a gut wrenching loss. And, you know, that, that really sealed the deal for the, for the Saints Falcons rivalry for me. I'm like, okay, they're enemy number one now forever going forward. And so there's that part of it. But, it, you know, it is good nature fun. I mean, it's, you know, it's sports. It's football. And as seriously as we take it sometimes, you know, it, it, it's a game. But, you know, watching them watching them uh, struggle early in the season when they couldn't get a win. You know, I had a, a knock-knock joke that I posted once, a knock-knock. Who's there? Owen. Owen who? Owen four. You know, so that, <laughs> that, that, that part of it was fun. You know, it, 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 it's the best rivalry in, in sports to me. I mean, I think people who – People who really understand the passion um, of the rivalry, you know, know how strong it is. So it's uh, it's it, it, it's all in good nature fun. So I want to get your thoughts on, you know, you know, obviously this season is what we're focused on. But the quarterback of the future for the Saints, if it was someone on the roster right now, do you think it's more likely that it'd be Taysom Hill or to be Jameis Winston? Uh, I mean, given what we've seen. You would have to say Taysom Hill in terms of in terms of given the reps that they've got. Now I don't know if if it's a thing where you know James was coming in. You don't have a training camp. You don't have OTAs. You don't have the opportunity for a real training camp battle to decide who's going to be the starter. You just got to kind of go with what you got, and um, you know you have a, a, a veteran guy who can who's played at a high level and you can, you can plug them in as your backup and, and you have them sort of as a really good insurance policy in case, in case things go wrong. So, you know, I, I don't know if with, with a full off season of OTAs and training camp, um, if that will, if that will be the thing that puts Winston in the mix to possibly be the starter or if, that decision's already been made. I mean, I've heard, you know, the I haven't heard him say it himself directly, but I've heard that, you know, Sean Payton said that he thinks Case Mill could be the next Steve Young. I don't know if if a full off season of OTAs and and training camp with number one reps with the first team offense would be the thing that, that helps Taysom Hill, you know, read through his progressions before he takes off and, and, and develop more as a passer. Um I think looking at what he's done this season, he's not there yet. He's not there right now. And so I don't know what the calculations are that are being made. That, hey, look, we know, we understand uh, a, a proven quantity that we have in Jameis Winston. And and we're going to give him an opportunity to be that for us in a full offseason and compete for that job and see how the offense looks with him versus Taysom Hill or if it's, or if it takes Taysom Hill as a guy, and we're just going to continue to develop him into, you know, a, 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 a passer, a good passer. I mean, so, you know, I, I don't know. It's it, 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 it's really hard to read uh, the tea leaves here. There's also, you know, the potential that you go with somebody in the draft. Um, so I don't, or you make a trade. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I really don't know. I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't really feel like I have a good read on it. If you, if you, if I had to give you an answer right now, based on what I've seen, I would think Taysom Hill, but I could, I could just as easily see it not being Taysom Hill. 
So I, so I really don't know. Oh, I'm with you. I, I Right now, it's so tough to figure out. Part of me is like, maybe it's Taysom. The other part is maybe the Saints were kind of like sheltering Jameis from the rest of the league because they like what they see behind doors. Another part is, hey, do they trade for a Matt Stafford or draft a quarterback? Like, no one really knows. Um, but I, I'm actually happy you brought up the draft because I wanted to ask you, I saw you were live tweeting about the Sugar Bowl uh, on Friday. What would you make of Justin Fields' performance? I know this is a Saints podcast, but I wanted to briefly talk about the playoff real quick because I thought Ohio State, that was a message sent to Clemson, and I thought Fields looked phenomenal in that game. If you were someone who really understands football and – that was the only game you watched for either quarterback. You'd have to say Justin Fields is a better quarterback, just just based on that one game. Now, you know, I know there's there's a full body of work, and and Trevor Lawrence's body of work has been has been phenomenal, and he'll probably still be the number one pick. But for that one night, I mean, I think Justin Fields really raised a lot of eyebrows, um, and you know, I think he's going to he's going to continue to develop. Um, and I mean, I, I could see him being a, a really special player. I mean, you, you never know at quarterback. Just, you just never know. I mean, a guy can look like a sure thing and then, you know, the, the, the pressure of not only performing on the field, but being the face of a franchise and, and all the other things that go with playing quarterback in the NFL. You just never know how that's going to affect, uh, a, a young man as a young man. You know, the, 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 the person outside of just a football player. You just never know how that adjustment is going to work out. But in terms of his, his on-field ability, I mean, some of those throws he made, I mean, those, they were big-time throws um, against a very talented defense. Uh, so, you know, I, I think he made himself, he made himself into, into a much more intriguing player. Um, and, you know, I don't know what the Jaguars are thinking. If, if they're not sold on Trevor Lawrence completely, you know, they, they, they may have to have a discussion now to, to, to see what they really want to do because he was, he was phenomenal. So, you know, we're still a couple, I believe a week or eight days, whatever it might be from the national championship. Do you have a lean right now? Do you kind of, you know, are you leaning Bama? Are you leaning Ohio state or is it too early for you to call? Um, I, I, I really don't make predictions. Um, but I will say this: nobody's beating Alabama. <laughs> you know, I, I, I shy away from predictions, but I will I will say this: um, that that is a really, really talented team. And the other thing about this is that you know Nick Saban is just so good at his job, and he's so good at getting his players to buy into a team concept, especially given the fact that so many of his guys were five stars. So many of his guys were were the man on their high school team, you know. But he gets them to come there and buy into a team concept and to and to play unselfishly and to work together. And, you know, I don't know what's at the core of that message. If he comes in and says, hey, man, look, we're an all-star team and you can have your position on this all-star team. Um, if you just come here and play with us or, or it's, Hey, you come here and you shine if, if your ticket to the NFL. I'm sure that that's a part of it. Um, but whatever, whatever, and I don't know if it's just the same process, but whatever it is, you know, he has, 
he has a really good understanding of how to get his players to buy into what they're doing, um, to perform at a high level, and to not beat themselves. I mean, they just don't beat themselves. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They don't take a lot of stupid penalties. Um, they they just they don't beat themselves. And and then you know they're they're so talented. I mean, he's got he's got guys who are really really good who are willing to come to Alabama and wait their turn. And you know that that that's a that's that's a that's a big part of coaching. It's like I used to always say about Phil Jackson. So, so some of the genius of Phil Jackson was to was to get Scottie Pippen to be satisfied being the second best player on his team when he might have been the second best player in the league. You know, but 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 he did it and made it work. He got Dennis Rodman on the court uh, and, and, and functional despite the fact that his his life was was wild and crazy. You know, so. You know, good good coaches find a way to get the people that they deal with to buy into what it takes for the team to be successful. And and Saban's just great at doing that. And because of that, I just think they're they're just really, really hard to beat. So my last question, it's not going to be a prediction, but if let's say the Saints were to make the Super Bowl, what for you preference-wise would be the matchup that you're like, okay, this is – now look, the Saints making the Super Bowl is must-see TV for us anyway, but what's the one matchup? Yeah. Is it a rematch with Kansas City? Is it Saints-Buffalo? What's what's the matchup that you would love to see um, just from a fan perspective? Well, if, if looking at the AFC, I think you know Buffalo has what appears to be a, a really – big head of steam going into the playoffs. Now, they have their own playoff demons to, to live down. I mean, they 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 pretty much fell apart the last time they were there. Um, so it's, it's you know, they're going to have to deal with that. Um, but the way they're playing right now, I mean, they seem to be having fun and they seem to be a team on the rise with a lot of good young players who know that they're on the rise. Like, like it seems like they feel like this is special and they feel like um, this is supposed to happen for them. Like they have all this, this positive momentum and this positive energy around that team. But, but the Chiefs have been there and they know what it takes. Um, they've done it. Um, and they have a lot of guys who are just really just individually talented. It doesn't always mesh together as, as well as it should. And, and I say that as good as they've been all season long, it just still doesn't seem like they really put it all together and played to their potential and just and just dominated people. I mean, they've had a lot of close games that maybe shouldn't have been as, as close as they've been. But but it, I think it's going to be one of those two teams. Um, and you know, I uh, on the one hand, a rematch against the Chiefs would be would be fantastic. I mean, if if you eventually go through Green Bay, which is which is very likely. And you avenge the regular season loss against the Packers, and you wind up avenging the regular season loss against the Chiefs. I think that puts a really good, satisfactory storyline on the season. That you know the two teams that 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 cost you, you eventually wind up costing them even more in the postseason. Um, so, so that, that's a great line. Um, that's a great storyline. Um, and then you know there's 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 Buffalo. So, you know. I think either one of those matchups is, is likely if, if the Saints are going to make it. I think one of those two teams is going to come out of the AFC. And I think um, 
you know, either one of them. And I'd have to sit down and, and, and look at the the matchups with Buffalo from a personnel perspective, which, which you know, I can do it off the top of my head here now, but I'd have to really sit down and look at it to see how the Saints stack up and, and how they would likely go after them. I mean, we assume if they see the Chiefs again, it's going to be somewhat of a shootout as, as it was the last time, and you got to deal with Mahomes and, and, and everything that he brings. So, you know, e- e- either one of those. But I think, you know, first things first, they got to get past the Bears. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I will add this, though, Stan, too, because um, we mentioned the revenge storyline and, and, you know, if they play the Chiefs again, you get that rematch. I feel like there are definitely some Saints fans out there that if they were to play the Bills would have just like a poster of Stephon Diggs on a dartboard or something because. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, they're yeah. still probably haunted. Excellent so. point. Uh, you know, how about, how about how about you play the Bills? It ends with a with a Marcus Williams pick six. Oh, didn't see. Now we're on to something that would be fantastic. <laughs> Or, or, I mean, you know, I was looking at some of the potential. I mean, look, you, so you take on the Bears and you avenge the 06 NFC Championship game, okay? And then it's Seahawks. There's the, the two losses in the playoffs in Seattle in the last several years, okay? Or the Rams. I, I don't even need to mention what, what that would mean to, to beat the Rams, knock them out of the playoffs, okay? And then you go to Lambeau and you, and you avenge the early, earlier loss to the Packers. And then you, know, you see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, you beat them, and avenge the earlier regular season loss. I mean, I think that's the storyline of storylines. But, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. I mean, you know, how un- unpredictable the playoffs can be. It, it definitely is. Either way, I think we'll take it regardless. If the Saints make the Super Bowl, they could play the Titans. I'm sure we'd be surprised or excited, and, and it wouldn't really matter who the opponent is uh, on the other sideline. Stan, I want to thank you so much for yeah. taking the time to come on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I've been a huge fan of yours for decades. I remember me and my brother would make sure we stayed up late for those sports centers because uh, they were re- they were the best one. That is the time slot uh, for sports centers. So just having you on was uh, a blast, and I really appreciated it. Hey man, if, if if you're talking Saints, you know we're 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 friends. So, um, you know who that nation extends far and wide, and uh, you know I'm always willing to chop it up and, and talk Saints. Absolutely, I'll take your words, Stan. And thank I, you so and, much. And, and I appreciate the kind words. I really do. Although they make me feel sort of old, but <laughs> <laughs> but, but I appreciate it. Those are my intentions. Trust me. It's just, I, I can't tell you how many years I, I would just grow up watching sports center. That was it. No TV shows, no nothing. Sports center was it for me. Uh, and, and you and, and, uh, Everett were for me, just the, the gold standard for just co-anchors on it. So it was, it, it just still is a blast when I get to see you on TV though. So I really do appreciate you coming on. Hey man. Great being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Take care. Once again, that was Stan Verrett. You've seen him on SportsCenter multiple times. He's one of the best in the business. Really appreciated having him coming on the podcast. Big-time Saints fan. He live-tweets the games all the time. Um, And like I said before, he's one of the best in the business at trolling the Falcons, which is something that we all love to do because Atlanta kind of writes the jokes themselves, if we're being honest. They they really didn't do it this weekend. I'll, I'll give them some credit. Week 17 was just a typical blowout. Nothing crazy about it, like a blown lead or a missed kick or something crazy. Um, but this was the year to troll the Falcons Four wins. Definitely the time, but uh, you know, obviously we don't really care that much about the Falcons right now. What we really care about is this saints team going into the playoffs, going to face the bears Wild card weekend. I'll have more on it later this week. I'll have my preview. I'll have, I don't even know about my prediction. I'm like so done with making predictions for the playoffs for the saints. I just get like so nervous from every single game at this point, but they did this to us. They put us in this position. Um, but saints bears, 
kind of have to think that the Saints will be favored. They should be. We'll see what happens with Kamara. It's going to be something to monitor throughout this week. But this is the matchup you want. If you were going to get a matchup for the Saints in wildcard weekend, this is the one that you wanted. See what happens. I'll have more content in the future. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy your victory Monday, the last victory Monday of the regular season. But let's hope it's not the last victory Monday of this year because we want the Saints to make a Super Bowl run. And it all starts with beating the Bears on wildcard weekend. So thank you so much for listening, guys. Stay tuned for more content on the Straight Up Saints podcast. And I'll talk to you guys later this week.